Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, advances in police surveillance, how the pandemic is putting a real crimp in facial recognition, a laptop shortage because so many kids are going back to school online, and how Google is stepping up to help kids and teachers make the most of their remote learning experience. All this and more coming up. You probably already know your phone can enable police to track you wherever you go. But now, your car's license plate is about to start doing the same thing. CNET's Brian Cooley tells us how. A company called Flock Safety sells license plate reader technology. And they've announced a new network that connects some 400 law enforcement agencies in 700 cities that use their tech to allow each agency to view camera data from each other. The result is the beginning of a nationwide car tracking system based on license plates, though it has a lot of holes in its coverage at present. License plate readers are, of course, not new. They have already been used for things as prosaic as parking tickets to larger scale efforts like the 200 million license plate scans that ICE accesses each month, at least according to the ACLU, and are even used by average homeowners now, where inexpensive smart home cameras can now also do license plate recognition. Between toll tags, connected cars, and license plate readers, your car is no longer the secret sanctuary it once was. Know what's next at CNET. Facial recognition designed to detect around face masks is failing. CNET's Ian Schur says that's according to a new study by the U.S. National Institutes of Standards and Technology. In a publication by the U.S. government, we found out that 41 facial recognition technologies submitted after the coronavirus pandemic was declared in mid-March and were designed with face masks in mind are failing at a high rate. It turns out right now these error rates are ranging from 5% to 50%. And this is really important because facial recognition is increasingly being used in policing. It's increasingly being used in our technology. As schools reopen this fall, many of them, like here in Akron, online only, there's a shortage of laptops for students and teachers. More from CBS News correspondent Peter King. HP, Dell, and Lenovo have reportedly told school districts there's some 5 million laptops short because of demand and Trump administration sanctions on Chinese manufacturers. The Associated Press reports one California district says it was told not to expect thousands of Chromebooks this fall, but there are exceptions. The Lake County, Florida district says it delivered some 4,000 Chromebooks to schools, with 5,400 more going out to students soon. Peter King, CBS News, Orlando. Google is continuing and expanding their Teach From Anywhere program as school reopens this fall. Google technology expert Catherine Williams explains. Google Classroom is actually a platform that teachers have been using for a couple of years now. And what Google Classroom allows you to do is set up a website. So as your students are beginning their day, they can check in on their class site and see what classes are being held at what time. Often teachers, um, my sister teaches fourth and fifth grade, and what she does is she links out to a spreadsheet 
that has individual information on how to join video calls and then what's going to be discussed during that class. And then for parents, Teach From Anywhere kind of has what we call a tech toolkit, which is a booklet that can be downloaded that can help you get up to speed on the technology that your learners are using. So if you want to have some insight on what exactly Google Meet is or how they're going to be using Google Docs to complete assignments, you can read up and get brushed up on some of the technology that students are learning as we look forward to digital connection in the classroom. So what everybody's been talking about, or at least the platform that a lot of people have been using has been Zoom for various Mm -hmm. meetings for education. Is this Google technology something that can be used in conjunction with that other platform, or is it entirely separate? Is it like a substitute for that? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So Google Classroom is really more of a setup for teachers to be able to be flexible with whatever technology they're using. So it it can be used in conjunction with Zoom. So these websites really are like templates on the Google platform where you can set up and put together all the information that your students need, whether they're joining Zoom meetings or you're using other technology, uh, education technology. Okay, so help me visualize this. I'm a teacher Mm -hmm. and I set up this website. So the website is something that then my students in various grades would log into in the morning and then they would be looking at a billboard that would tell them what time their classes are and what they need to have for each class, something like that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to think about it. So we try to make it super visual, actually. So something that teachers can do as well is embed slides where you can put up colorful pictures of what your classroom might look like. You can use bitmojis where the teacher can be giving different instructions that then, again, link out to how you can join video calls and actually learn and engage with the teacher. But there's other more visual aspects where you can have a virtual library on your website where you're linking out to different online books or a schedule or a newsletter for parents. So teachers can build the website to best serve their age groups and students. And so what's the advantage then for teachers to be using this and were they using this before the pandemic started? Google Classroom has been used by educators for quite some time now. I think we've seen There are now 100 million students and educators around the world who are using Google Classroom tools, and that has increased significantly during this learning period, but it is something that has been around for quite some time. And I would say, as you mentioned, being able to integrate this with other technology that they're using, like Zoom, has been something that's been very useful. Something that I do want to point out is other G Suite tools like Google Docs or Google Spreadsheets have been very useful in classroom situations where internet access might be intermittent. So the great thing about a lot of Google tools is that you can actually edit things like Google Docs offline. And then when you're back to an internet connection, you reconnect, everything is saved and is immediately uploaded. So if your student is working on a homework assignment and they're not able to be online, they can complete it and then reconnect and their assignment will be automatically uploaded when they have an internet connection. That sounds great. So tell me what's new about this particular technology for this fall? Is it really just Mm -hmm. a continuation of what you've always been doing or is there something new, some new component that we can latch on to in terms of what's new for the fall? So we're definitely building on some great programs and something new that we've introduced this fall is in Google search. If you're someone like myself who's not exactly a fan of math, 
but you need to help your student understand particularly STEM subjects, you can type those problems directly into the Google search bar and it'll show you a breakdown of the core concepts and how to solve that problem without immediately revealing the answer. So, so that's a great new feature. We've also released a new app called Socratic, where if your student is working off of a textbook, if you download Google Lens and Socratic, you can take a picture actually of a problem in a, in a chem book, and it'll show you that breakdown again. So you don't have to flip back and forth to the index, see what the answer is, try to understand how they arrive at that answer you're actually seeing the breakdown step-by-step of how to solve that problem. That sounds excellent. So how many students in the United States are using this, do you think? We don't have specific user numbers for just the U.S., but we can say that 50% of users to Google Classroom are new users. So we understand that families and students and teachers are getting up to speed on all of this classroom technology that, although it's been around for a while, is new to a lot of folks. So that's why we set up Teach From Anywhere as a central resource hub where parents can download this tech toolkit, which breaks down all of the different resources that their student is using. And we have different sections for administrators, educators, and students. You mentioned parents there. So would parents be logging in in the same place or in the same way as their children? Or is there a section that's specifically for parents? Through Google Classroom, you can actually sign up for working with your teachers, sign up for email updates on your students' progress. So you can stay in a loop on what's going on in the classroom. This will show you assignments that have been completed, as well as some things that are maybe still outstanding. And that goes for students as well as teachers. So teachers can actually create, uh, distribute, and then collect and grade assignments right through Google Classroom. So they're not having to switch to to different programs. And we are going to be introducing a new feature, which is a widget so that students can see what assignments that they've completed and what are still on the book. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.